Coming up on the podcast, Rubber, a movie about a homicidal tire that should be amazing, and yet only one of us actually enjoys it. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey there, listener, and welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is episode 214. Uh, this is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, we got a doozy for you. Each week, one of us picks the topic, and we roll with it. And so, occasionally, that means some uh, fun ensues, because uh, not all of us agree. And so, this week was mine. And so, I chose the 2010 avant-garde satire, whatever it is, film called Rubber. Uh, it's about a sentient tire that has telekinetic powers that it can explode heads and goes on a murderous rampage in the southwest desert of california it's a satire of slasher movies maybe but it's also a very meta commentary on the nature of watching movies and the audience engagement with the artist and this and that and the other it's uh well as we say in the show it's got its head so far up its own ass that uh, it's hard to tell if it's actually any good uh, I personally enjoy it. That's why I picked it. I knew the two fellas would not. And that's where the hilarity ensues. So hopefully you enjoy this little humdinger of an episode. It's mercifully short. I guarantee there's going to be some fun had by all about the movie Rubber. Uh, it's available somewhere and you can watch it at your leisure uh, to know what we're talking about. But if uh, you like the show, send us an email, magnificentlyhuge@gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at MagHuge, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Those are our social feeds that you can, you know, interact with us. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, and then you can head on over to our website, MagHuge.com. Uh, all of those avenues will allow you to yell at us about what worthless podcasters we are. Because, you know, like the movie Rubber, uh, we just do it for the sake of doing it. And uh, if you like it, hey, that's great. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Rubber. Yeah. That's that's it. That's the show. Okay. Enjoy. Boom, boom, shaka laga laga boom, 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 shaka boom, boom, bloom, bloom. In the immortal words of Ooh. was not was. Little little huh. blowback for you. Remember was not was? That's... No. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> I don't no. I don't not don't. <laughs> that <laughs> But uh, you know, we'll walk the dinosaur for you to wake you up today. How's that? <laughs> Stick that in your wow. pipe and smoke bring in it. the energy, aren't you? <laughs> well, Eric did it last week. He he seems like he didn't want to bring it this week, so I'm like, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, hello. I, this is Chris. Oh, this is Eric. Hey, Chris. Hey, Eric. This is this is Brian. This week, I found out. You know how uh, when you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds, people have been doing Happy Birthday to Oprah. Uh, I, I, my wife told me apparently the Gen X thing is, hey, now, hey, now, 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 <laughs> take corrosion, baby, hey, but like that Wait. is 20 seconds and that's the no. Gen X. 
That song is like eight minutes long, sir. No, no, That's no, no little... just that part. That part <laughs> twice. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Happy birthday to Oprah twice is 20 seconds, and the hey oh. now is uh, twice is 20 seconds. Okay. Fantastic. Nice. Okay. Songs to wash your hands by. The new yeah. album from KTEL. <laughs> oh Actually, God. I'll tell you what. You just, you just gave me a, a thing that I can bring to the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Nice. Oh, you said the magic word. I guess we're starting. Let's get this shit on yeah. the road. <laughs> Let's do this. And I hope it's fresh. So, Make sure it's fresh. So, yeah. So there's this YouTube channel um, where this guy, uh, I think the channel is called Trash Theory, but his series is called um, The New British Canon, and it's about all yes. of the um, all the music coming out of England How in, the in fuck like, the 70s and 80s. How did you bring this up this week? I was going to bring this up, too, because, yeah, it's awesome. Really? Yeah. Well, Shut you, you sang up. this corrosion, and he's got an episode about <laughs> how this corrosion is a deliberate, like, the whole thing is is just a fuck you to the members of the Sisters of Mercy who left and formed the mission. <laughs> and apparently the reason the lyrics to this corrosion are nonsensical is he's mocking the 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 lyrics of the guy who left and formed the mission cuz he he thinks that he just, you know, looks stuff up out of books uh. in 5 minutes. So hey now sing this corrosion to me is is a direct thing of like saying hey your lyrics suck sing them to me asshole and yeah. that the song is as big and overblown as it is is part of the joke right <laughs> he just wanted to make and the stupidest biggest thing possible and so he got the producer who produced bad out of hell and Bonnie Tyler's total eclipse of the heart and that's how they got <laughs> that awesome. sound it works too it's very bouncy very bouncy yeah, they have another video I watched on Depeche Mode that was really great. I didn't know that they were all but hated in Britain, and then they got this huge U.S. following, and then the British press had to, you know, give them another look-see. Begrudgingly. Yeah. yeah. Was that the Enjoy the Silence one? Um, or I, I well, something else? Yeah, it was, I mean, it's their whole career, but it's like... Sure, I sure. think I think once... Um, Music for the masses was out here, and everyone was, you know, filling arenas to see Depeche Mode. That's when they said, "Oh, well, maybe they're not shit," which is just staggering that they were yeah. filling arenas. It, ugh. Uh. <laughs> but I still remember the when Floodland came out, the Sisters of Mercy album with this corrosion. And Brian, you had that poster on your wall. Like a oh, like yeah. above your like on your above your bed or something, and the basically way, the way the the art of the poster is set, it's all sort of in moon silhouette, and then it's like his face, and then the moon, but at night you you were right next to your front door and your porch light would come through, 
and it would make it look like somebody was just staring at you from your bed. And it was always so <laughs> disconcerting to be in your room if you ever had to like go get something out of that pile of shit on your floor. And then like you'd have to do a double take because it looked like there was a dude just standing in the corner staring at you. <laughs> uh, good time. Yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend this guy's channel. He's got a whole bunch of cool videos um, talking about the the alternative bands coming out of England. Really, 70s, 80s, even early 90s, he gets into like trip-hop, and, and he's even continuing it to this day. So, good good stuff. I'll put a link in the show. Was the Depeche Mode the one you wanted to bring, Eric? Uh, it was the one I was going to talk about, but, like, you know, just generally the channel is good. Worth watching. What's the name of this channel again? Uh, it, I think it's Trash Theory. Trash Theory, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Writing this down now. Cool. Yeah, I like, it's good stuff. I like a good music documentary. Learn some stuff, you know. <laughs> and then I guess the other thing that I'll bring to the show, um, I finally wrapped up season one of that show Dead to Me mm. on Netflix. Yeah. How long did that take you? That's... Um, well, I mean, I I had wandered away from it for like months and months, and then it was it was one of those things where I was going on a, a, a trip for work, and I needed to download some shows on so I could watch stuff in the hotel or on the plane, and and I was like, eh, I never finished Dead to Me, so I downloaded the rest of season one. I guess there's a season two now. I haven't started that at all, but season one is all about how. Um, Christina Applegate's husband got killed in a hit-and-run accident, and she is befriended in a, like, grief counseling group by Linda Cardellini, who is this, like, um, kind of weird, um, not, I wouldn't say, like, new-agey hippie, but she's definitely got some of that to her, um, what you realize, like, one or two episodes into the series is, Linda Cardellini's the person who killed her husband. And and she's like ingratiating herself to to uh Christina Applegate and just every time the subject comes up, everything she says is true, but but is received not the way she intended. It's like, yeah, I really wish, you know, I really wish that that you knew who the person who killed your husband was. <laughs> Things like that. And so it's just it's I don't know that it's that it's anything that I would be like, oh hey, go out and watch it. It's it's uh, you know it's transcendent. It's not you know it's a TV show, right? Um, but but both of their performances are really good, and it and it's just kind of nice to see a show about people who are roughly our age dealing with adult shit. So I uh, you know is it though? I'm enjoying that. Okay, it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, one thing that's really fun is that, like, Christina Applegate, when she gets really pissed off, she gets in her car and just cranks up, like, the industrial music to just, like, <laughs> you know, let off some steam. We've all been there. Come on. Yep. At least So, anyway, uh, yeah, dead to me. Um, I might, I'm, I'm going on another business trip next week. I might download the next couple episodes of season two and see, see where it goes. I mean, you, but, could, you, know. you could do worse. That's the feeling I'm getting from you. That's, like, your... It's it's hard. I mean, look, I've been watching so much brain garbage, right? Yeah. I've been watching, you know, crap like Project Runway and shit, right? So, oh. um, this is at least a narrative television show 
I was just saying, worth you're, talking you're not about watching like bit. the the <laughs> Great British Bake Off whatever thing that is, right? No, but okay. we watched School of Chocolate, so you know. <laughs> There's a um, School of Chocolate. <laughs> Good it's lord. It's on Netflix. That, okay. It's a cooking competition. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Very low stakes. That that's me. That's me this week. Okay. Interesting. Can you top that, Eric? Or have you just Is been watching YouTube? I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm gonna describe I'm gonna describe the plot of a movie to you. Okay. And I want you to just drink it up. Just 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 in your mind's eye, imagine the movie you're gonna see. And don't fucking say anything. I don't want to hear from you. Just hear hear it and and just soak in it for a moment. Okay. Uh it's the future, and everyone has uh, robots and electronic help and everything is very automated and then there is uh, an, a bug in the system that makes the robots rise up and uh, uh, some of the robots want to be human and they help the humans and other robots, the, the bad robots are trying to kill them and a group of people is trapped in a home trying to keep from the outside robots from getting in and killing them now, in your but head... We, we saw the Matrix no, uh, no, resurrection. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> See, in your head, you're seeing, like, a, a, a thrilling kind of, you know, like, kind of sc- scary uh, oh, 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 sci-fi. This is, that, but, yeah, this is that A24 one, isn't it? No. What? No, but no, I, know what, now I know what he's talking about, so yeah. What is it? What is it? Now you take Jean-Pierre Jeannot, and you throw him in there. The, the guy who made Amélie. And was half of the you know team that made Delicatessen and City of Lost Children, and yes. you get Big Bug, which is that is the story, but it is so jeune that you're just like you just you're just ogling at this yeah. movie. There's a the- moment of this movie that isn't perfect. It's colorful. Yeah. It's brilliant. All of that story, and still, it's not like you're concentrating on. I don't know. I don't like. I, I. I guess I've had enough of thrillers. This is. This is a little bit different. Uh, in that. See, Genet as, way. as you were describing the plot, I. I heard it was generique, which is that I thought it could have been Mitchell's versus the machines, or Ron got wrong, or Matrix, or whatever that new A twenty four movie is. Uh-huh. But, but okay. So. So I, what, when you say it's so jeune, I assume that means that the design and the cinematography are are, are unbelievably are good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, it's funny. It's uh, you know, it's it, it, it's it's it, 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 the characters are actually important and they're uncomfortably awesome. Um, yeah, it's just it's such a fun movie uh i guess he did it for netflix because no one would fund him because he's just so goddamn weird yeah. but uh which is cool. yeah netflix said go wild and he did yeah, yeah i saw the the trailer for it a couple weeks ago just randomly and i'm like what in the hell is and I'm like, oh <laughs> yes as soon as i saw it and it just started netflix i think yesterday so i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but uh yeah yeah it looks gorgeous uh, but it definitely it's, looked like it had a, a feel of like, like, did you ever see Mick Max? Uh, the one he did mm-hmm. around 2010, uh, which is the, the guy that is a victim of, of like weapons manufacturers. Like his dad was killed by a landmine. Uh, he got shot by an errant bullet when he was at like a, a factory and it's still lodged in his skull. And he's like basically part of this 
counterinsurgency group that like hides in the trash piles of Paris and tries to take down these weapons manufacturers. But it's like mm-hmm. so it's like got the sweetness of Amelie, but the weirdness of City of Lost Children. It's just Juno just like has that weird knack for just taking something that should be very uh insanely creepy and just tweaking it just enough to you're like, aw. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what yeah. Big Book kind of seemed like. Where it's like, oh AI bad, but aw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I I I I can't recommend this movie enough. You gotta you cool. gotta watch. Can you get, can you watch awesome. it in the uh, the non dubbed version, or is that all that Netflix gives you? I didn't try. I okay. I just I just read it, but okay. I think I'm gonna watch it again. Uh, not reading it. Maybe I'll I'll use the 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 dubbed version. But okay. I need to I need to watch it without looking away because there's just yeah. so much going on, and it pisses me off. I don't speak French, <clears throat> right? It really does. Some, some good ones. Like it, this one had the look of uh, like Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, or uh, or Mon Uncle, which is like the mm-hmm. the Monsieur Hulot character uh, who's like in this futuristic house that his like in laws own or something. Uh, it had that yeah. vibe about it. It seems like Juno is very influenced by by that sort of French cinema. So. You know, something else, I, I watch this film and I go, God damn it, this is why I don't, I don't like Terry Gilliam as much as I think I should, because <laughs> Terry Gilliam would do the same thing, but make everything ugly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. Janae does it and makes everything beautiful, but you know, it's, so it, it, it's just easier to watch. Yeah. Oh, that's good times. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it's good. I was, uh. Yeah. I was concerned that it would not be since it's a Netflix thing, but uh, mm-hmm. that's my bias. Whatever. Yeah. Cool, man. Big bug. Netflix. Just enough qu- content and quality to get your subscription every month. Yeah. And well, nothing uh, more. Well, no, I think that's Maybe. what you have to say about Disney Plus, right? Well, I mean, they yeah, don't that's even true. have Disney enough. Plus has like one show every <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. Right? Well, it's just insane when they got like the Oscar nominations came out last week and how many of those are like streaming options rather than the theatrical. I mean, I know it's the, the sign of the times, COVID, whatever, but like even a few years ago, the normal like Academy would just chafe at the idea that they had to give any sort of recognition to something that wasn't a pure theatrical release. So yeah. It's kind of odd to see, like this year, at least half of them I think are on streamers somewhere, like Year of the Dog and whatever. So interesting quality, man. And of course, they put them in like two theaters for a weekend <laughs> yeah. in order to qualify. Exactly. Right? So, which whatever. <laughs> Rewrite your rules, Academy. Fuck you. Right. Uh, well, I'm sure right, the theater owners. That, I'm sure the theater it? owners are like, no, 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 no. You, it has to be in a theater, otherwise. You know, yeah. I got I got car payments. Yeah, I can't yeah. sell popcorn so you what, at home. Yeah. Oh, yes, they can. That's what I was about to say. So, what the Harkins theaters are doing out here is they've got tables out front of all the theaters or in the mall or whatever, where they're just selling big ass bags of popcorn to take home. <laughs> nice. And it's pure profit for them. They don't even have to share that with the with the distributors, yeah. right? It's just like well, okay, they, take that popcorn. That home. no longer it. makes any sense though, because it's like okay. Uh, the, the, the popcorn there is like, you know, $8 for a bucket for $8. I can buy, you know, four 
gig enormous bags of the shit. Yeah, I can ride it's truckload. Like, no, yeah. here's the thing though. It's a, it's a gig enormous bag. They sell you for seven bucks, and it tastes it, like. I have been yeah. doing home popcorn for a couple of years now because you know pandemic, and damn it if their popcorn isn't superior. Like fuck it, I'm well, buying this why shit. Why would you buy one of those? Yeah. Why wouldn't you buy one of those enormous bags and like walk into the movie with it? You know, <laughs> people probably this do. This bag that is four times as big as what they're normally charging seven dollars well, yeah. for. Yeah. Well, because I've got their loyalty program, so I get free popcorn if I go in. Yeah. But that's because oh, um. Well, that's yeah, like whatever. well, harkens too. By the way, for people that aren't from the Phoenix area, like I don't know if they still do this, but like twenty years ago, like you could go in and buy like a big giant plastic cup for like six bucks or whatever but if you kept the cup and brought it back they would just fill it for a dollar so it's like yeah they still do that it's a little more than a dollar okay. but yeah they've got all that shit going on and so they yeah let you do stuff with a, a a cup from nowhere and pull it behind their counter and possibly well no it actually what they yeah. when you bring one of those cups in what they do now is they fill a paper cup and hand it to you <laughs> oh because because yeah. yeah they don't want to do yeah. that that's gross and then you're brian and you <laughs> slap it out of their hands and go fuck you you fill my cup that's what you do <laughs> no i i stick the paper cup in the plastic cup and carry it around uh, anyway that's an old trick by the work. way yeah that's an old trick for concerts for underage kids is like get your uh, older brother to buy you a beer and then dump out your your soda and pour the beer in your soda cup and then you're good no one knows yeah you're welcome. <laughs> the more you know. Uh, yeah, I wish I had something uh, like smart to bring to the program, but all I've really been watching this week is the new Reacher show on Amazon based on the Lee Child character, Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah. And this is the adaptation of the first novel called Killing Floor. And I got to tell you, it's, it's pretty darn good. I was shocked. So is this is this intended to to be just we're gonna just not do it's not the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher's no. at all it's its own thing. It's yeah we're we're the or, the Tom Cruise ones kind of fucked up is that uh, if you read the books by Lee Child Jack Reacher is like six five two fifty I mean he's just a giant of a man and that's part of yeah. the character is that people are uh, like very disconcerted by his presence if things get nasty and so and so that's sort of the weight of the character in the books whereas when they you know brought the movie to the screen and they cast tom cruise like all the people that read the novels were just like what the hell are you doing the guy is a midget and so it's like they're like you can't do that i mean to be fair uh the first Tom Cruise movie is actually very good, but I think that's because Christopher McQuarrie was involved, and he's very good at yeah. staging action. And so you kind of just don't bother with the fact that Tom Cruise is not menacing as a as a person. Well, uh, yeah. What what I was trying to get at was, does this mean that we're done with those Tom Cruise movies and we're onto this show for the for the fran- for the I, IP here? Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, Richard. I'm pretty sure the Tom Cruise era is done because that second movie was just terrible it was just it didn't beyond. do well yeah and he was he was hoping just to start another franchise yeah but i you know as, as long as he's got mission impossible i guess he yeah. can do whatever he wants so yeah so i think the yeah. the amazon show is kind of a a reset for the actual fans of the novels because it's very true to the book and there's like 15 or 20 books that are out so they've got a whole 
slew of material that they can do. But it's like they're doing it like uh, like the BBC did with Poirot, where they did like a, a whole series based on the, the novels and their stories from Agatha Christie about Hercule Poirot. And so that's kind of what they're doing. They're just, I think they're going to each season going to adapt like one novel and just keep going. Okay. Uh, but the fun of it is, is that uh, Jack Reacher is just kind of a no bullshit guy that will beat the living hell out of somebody if he thinks it's the right thing to do. He'll fucking kill you. I mean, it's just, he's a very quietly menacing character, but he's like ex-military, used to be like a uh, investigator. So he would, he would be the guy that would investigate military crimes. Uh, so he's a detective, but he's also like just a giant of a man. And he gets involved in these like weird mysteries and murders and things uh, just wandering about America because he doesn't have a home or dress. He just collects his pension once a month and just roams. So he's like a hobo. So so it's the Incredible Hulk series. Kind of. But yeah, yeah. But, big, big scary dude wanders the countryside, yeah. gets involved yeah. in, in things. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, okay. you know. But it's also sort of structured very much like a Conan Doyle, uh, Sherlock Holmes thing, whereas he's Sherlock Holmes, but then he's also, every story he gets involved with someone who's like a, a Lestrade character, someone who's like a, you know, Watson character. So he's got a coterie of people helping him with these mysteries, uh, and a lot of them involve going after, like, uh, organized crime syndicates and shit like that. And so... I'm like five episodes into this Reacher and there's already like at least eight deaths uh, that he's done himself. Uh, a slew of other murders uh, around this that are very grisly. It's a very violent show over the top. Eyes gouged out, people getting disemboweled, balls cut off. I mean, it's just, it's very 70s graphic violence kind of stuff, but it's done in kind of a weird, fun way. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, a, to me, it's a fun character. It's a very pulp character. The novels are a fun, quick read. Uh, and it's just entertainment for the sake of entertainment. But it's super violent uh, when it wants to be. And that's part of the fun. Because you never know what's going to set them off. And, uh, and so it's sort of like a fuck around and find out kind of a vibe. So I highly recommend it if you want like an, an eight-episode series to just kick around and uh, kill some time with. Because it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, I gotta tell you. Right that's on. my that's my uh that's my review. It's definitely not like highbrow. Don't uh don't think you're getting that. But uh but it's just like if, if you had a Hercule Poirot mystery where Hercule Poirot uh was six foot five and could just uh beat your skull in with one punch, that's kind of the vibe you get with this. So it's it's fun. <laughs> so Hercules Poirot. Yeah, basically. Yes. Okay. Uh so ask for it by name. It's good. It's fun. Uh, all right. Yeah. That's all I got this week. Really, it's been a slow week. I want to talk rubber because uh, it showed up on HBO Max. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, and I thought, oh, okay, let's revisit. And then I thought, I wonder if the fellas have seen rubber. And so <laughs> I took a poll. I think Brian, you had seen it, maybe. I had no, uh, clarification. I had tried to watch okay. it, and they turned it off about half was, an hour. That's the vibe I got. And Eric hadn't seen it, and now I've seen it all. Yeah. 
It's like an hour yeah, and 22 this, minutes. This yeah. film is so far up its own ass. Right? I, I just couldn't <laughs> give a shit less. I, I just, love I uh, love, I love, love the fact that it is, though. That's part of the draw for me. The only thing I think that is interesting about this movie is how upfront they are about we hate yes. the audience watching yeah. this. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like the, the whole thing. movie is about we, we made a movie that's a complete waste of fucking time. Yeah. And we hate you. <laughs> And I, I love mean, it. Before I we editorialize, it. Yeah. I think Chris, can you just summarize Rubber for for? Because uh, I'm sure most of our listeners have not watched this. Yeah, thing. It basically, it's a 2010 film uh, that's sort of a satire of the old psychotronic movies, like road slasher films. But it's about a a tire that magically becomes sentient for no reason whatsoever in the California desert. Discovers it has telekinetic powers where it can make things explode. And then goes on a homicidal rampage uh, through the California desert before the police uh, try to stop it. But there's also a subplot where it, this is all basically just a film being made. And there's an audience that's been recruited to watch from the California desert because without the audience, the story can't happen. And then it sort of just becomes a snake eating its own tail and doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's basically a comment on. Uh, the sort of the the way people watch their entertainment and either get into it or like no fuck this but it's also about the way entertainment like franchises like a fast and the fierce or something sort of comes back and goes well people are watching this but you know they'll watch whatever we give them so fuck them and it sort of becomes yeah. this running commentary on sort of bloated media and storytelling it's like does it exist because the artist wanted it to exist or does it exist because the audience just needs some more trash to consume and it just sort of spirals off into nonsense from there and it definitely takes a very antagonistic approach to the viewer and that's what i appreciated <laughs> so much it in in that they deliberately kill the audience yeah, exactly <laughs> during the movie Oh, and um, the whole so, thing starts with a whole explanation of, so, you know, why does this, why, why did this happen in this film? Why is E.T. Brown? No reason. Yeah. No and reason. then they, like, give four or five examples of no reason. Yeah. And it's their way of saying, if if we were too lazy to explain anything, uh, it's your goddamn fault for thinking so. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. fucking hate you. Well, but, 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 I mean, some of his examples... Why was JFK shot in JFK? JFK? No reason. Why is the president suddenly assassinated by some stranger? No reason. Well, okay, there were reasons, but I yeah. think that's kind of the point. It's like, yeah, do you care? Well, I mean, you know, you're in. Um, you know, you're in for a fun ride when it's just. I mean, it's almost like Antonioni. Uh, in its setup. I mean, it's just like there's this long drawn shot. There's a bunch of just random chairs on a dirt road uh, and a guy like standing there. And then the car turns the corner and then rather than drive straight up to the guy, it makes a point to swerve and hit every fucking chair on the way up. You're like, what the hell is going on? And then it stops. And then a, a police sheriff uh, gets out of the trunk and starts addressing the camera with that stupid thing, like, d no reason, no reason. And then he turns out that he's addressing this, like, weird uh, random group of people that's like a focus group. Uh, and hands him, they all hand him, like, binoculars so they can watch the action unfold. And then, then the movie actually starts. And it's like, what in the fuck is this? I just remember the first time I saw it. I'm like, okay, you got me hooked with the whole homicidal tire thing. 
But then you've got this whole other bullshit. And I'm like, I can't tell if I like it or if I hate it. And so I was like in the middle for a long time, kind of leaning towards hate it. But then by the end of the film, they totally got me with their full on Repo Man vibe. We're just like, fuck that. We're just here to have some fun and you can take it or leave it. So eat a dick if you don't. I mean, that's literally the vibe. So punk rock to me. And so that's why I like it. But I might be a minority, apparently. So please tell me what you hated. Please tell me why you hate it. Well, here's the thing, right? It has exactly one thing to say. And it says it in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. And then there's another hour of fucking movie to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it just, it's out of gas. Right? So, okay, yeah. It, I, I see it being a great student film. Like, if it was a 20-minute long student film and somebody was just trying to show, hey, I know how I can use cinematography to, you know, to do visual storytelling, and I'm going to spoof horror movies by having the, the villain be a, a fucking tire and you know, and show off a little bit of technical chops. I think it would be amazing as an hour and a half long feature. Good, yeah. boring. It's a little, yeah. a little too meta for most people, is my thinking. Uh, but not for me. <laughs> but it I has do go in. Feel of something that that I mean, I would say it's got the feel of something. Yeah, a student filmmaker, you know, like had an uncle with some cash and decided to make this thing, but. He's got, he's got, you know, some, some worthwhile casting. You know, I mean, Wings Hauser comes yeah. cheap these Wings days. Wings Hauser, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's like he's got people who had better things to do. Is basically yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watch it, and they do all of the tropes for that type of movie. Where instead of a tire, just think of like the the hulking slasher guy roaming the desert, like the hitcher or whatever. Uh, and he spends so much time setting up the tropes and how commenting on how ridiculous oh, they man. are. But <laughs> yeah, what? But how is he killing them with a blower? Exactly. Oh, that was exactly what I was. That was yeah. exactly where I was with it. As soon as it was rubber. So, what Eric? Eric, tell him what you're referencing. <laughs> uh, years and years ago, when we we thought we were going to be filmmakers, uh, we we wrote a, a, a feature called uh, Blower, and it was a slasher film with a guy who kills all the high school kids with a leaf blower. And the thing is, they don't know who he is <laughs> and why he's targeting these kids. Or how he's killing them with a leaf blower. Because all that yeah. happens is he kicks in the door and turns on a leaf blower and their hair goes flighty and then they're dead. Yeah. And it's never explained. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but but the thing is, the script for blower had more going on for it than this did. This yeah. is like long, <laughs> long minutes of nothing. Yeah. And well, I don't I don't get that it's like a, a, a slasher film. I get that it's you know, like the skeleton of a slasher film and nothing else. Well, that's the, the thing to me is when I watch it, Depew, he's some sort of French musician slash filmmaker who does these weird avant-garde things. And it seems to me he probably made a couple early that weren't well received. And this is sort of his giant F you to anybody that doesn't like his stuff. It's almost like a, a weird like performance art installation at a, like a modern art museum that you go to. And like most people will just roll their eyes like whatever. Uh, but you get like one or two diehards that just dig it. Uh, that's the weird, fluid nature of art 
And so it's like one man's trash is another one's treasure. And that's sort of what this is. It's like, it is definitely not for everybody. I'm astonished that it even got funded and made. The fact that it just takes such an aggressive stance against the audience that is watching it. That to me is just that, that is the that's the core and that's what's so fun about it because yeah. you either that, that's the most interesting yeah. part of the movie, right? So you've got this the audience that's basically yeah, it's a focus group. It's got representation of all different types of people, young and old and yeah. whatever. And like it, like best example of this is when they're doing the trope where the tire is creeping on the girl who's taking a shower and the audience is commenting on it like and they're like, "I don't know, man, like She's naked, but I don't, her ass could be better, you know, and, and, and then they start like, do you think, you know, do you think the tire's going to get laid? Is she going to give the tire a blowjob? You know, and they're just, they're just yeah, dumb yeah. to the point where eventually the accountant gives the audience what they've been asking for and it's poison, which is the, the turkey, the turkey right? <laughs> which he's like killed in his own room at the hotel. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like this weird, uh, just random pastiche of stuff. It's like they they watched a bunch of horror movies and just slapped all of the just general uh, elements to the together, but they didn't even bother to really stitch them together tightly. It's just there's like loose meat for the actual commentary, which is basically there's an audience out there, but whether or not they like it, who gives a fuck? I mean, it's like this thing exists for the pure f- reason that it exists. And that's the only reason. And that goes back to the first part. There's no reason for it. <laughs> They're very upfront about it. Let me, let me ask it. you something. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something. If this hadn't been shot on... I, 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 2010, I'm guessing it was shot on film. Uh, no. That or like High like, 8. You know, yeah, it like, was... I think it was like SLR or something. Yeah. Right. Now, imagine it had gotten shot on three-quarter inch and didn't get color processed. Like an Oof. Alex Cox uh, production as yeah. of late. Mm-hmm. That one change, would you see how shitty this thing is? Uh, because it's the same level of dumb. I mean, you could do this with a camcorder and some friends. Yeah. I think it's just uh, the fact that, it, that it's got the look and feel of one of those 70s slasher fix, or very much like Alex Cox is a definite influence. I mean, when you watch the thing, right. it's very apparent. Uh, but it's also very competently made. So, yeah, I think if it was even uh, an inkling less competent, you would end up with something yeah. like Ed Wood. Uh, and then it would just be a, a fucking train wreck for me. I, it's, yeah, and that's, that's, and my, that's, that's, and yeah. that's ultimately my problem is that, like, you can, it, it's tough to see how crap the idea well, is because it's competently made. And that says to me it was somebody who was more interested in making a film than in saying something. Well, but then you spiral into, the for me, the overarching theme, uh, which is basically, does, does a film or filmmaker have any sort of obligation to its audience at all? And so then you think, well, then you look at something like, say, Fast and the Furious eight or whatever that last fucking one where they're on the ice in the cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a spectacle. It's loud. It's dumb. It's entertaining, I guess, to certain people, but I never see the clips from those and get a sense that the filmmakers really give a shit about anything other than the fat wad of cash that they're going to be making off of that giant bloated explosiony Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Johnson thing. And so it's sort right, of, okay. So, so, so drill down on that a little bit. Cause, cause the movie is explicit about that question, right? right. Like, 
the movie is saying if there is no audience, there's no point in even finishing the movie. Right. And they do that because once they think the audience is dead from eating the turkey, there's a big scene about how, okay, stop it. You're not really a cop yeah. and none of this is actually happening and we can go home. And then they find out that there's like one yeah. goddamn wings, person wings who isn't dead, it. so they have to finish the movie. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean he's explicitly saying there's no point in even making this if there isn't an audience and he hates the audience. Yeah. Well, and right? then they go into the whole like, shenanigan where they've got to lure the tire, whose name is Robert, by the way, which they never say in the film; it's just in the credits. But they uh, they try to lure Robert out with a mannequin that looks like the girl he's obsessed over, and the mannequin is like strapped with dynamite. They've got a microphone set up to it, and they're calling from the van with the girl trying to coax it out. And it's just the most asinine scene. Yet I've seen it in so many types of movies like this, where they, you know, think they're outwitting, but it's so obviously just not real. Uh, and then you yeah. think, well, that's a movie about a ascension tire, so you know, I guess whatever. <laughs> but even that falls apart. And then Wingshauser shows up as the the sole audience member, and he's telling the tire, he's like. You know, this is all horseshit, but we need this to finish the movie, so just get on with it. And then the tire kills the audience member, like explodes his head. And then I'm like, this is just basically you, oh, you no. can't No no. The yeah. there's there's a scene where uh he then says, Oh, hey, look, the tire's been reincarnated as that tricycle. You gotta <laughs> take yeah. that out now. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? I mean, yeah. it was that was probably the best part of the movie though, when they just just went off the rails not caring. Well, you know? I mean, it's like, it did remind me of like, uh, sorry to bother you. I mean, it has that sort of, not, how not, dare not you? quite the same vibe. <laughs> how, no. But you know how like, no. like, sorry to bother you. It's like, it's sort of a standard satire on race relations. And then by the- Sorry to bother you is amazing. This is crap. But, you know, you miss it. You miss it terribly. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the same level. I'm just saying it's like they both sorry, contain surreal elements. Yeah, and when sure. by the end of Sorry to Bother You, when it just goes so left of center uh, with the way things turned out, that you like you spend that last third act just sort of scratching your head through half of it, going, "What the fuck is going on?" It's like that in Rubber, where it becomes the re the tire reincarnated as the tricycle, and then he raises an army of tires, and that's like the last <laughs> shot. It's sort of like. It's it's basically them to me. It's them going well. Here's our uh, window into the sequel, because if there's an audience for it, we'll just keep giving them the fucking trash. And that's sort of what it's like to me. This is a, a total meta commentary by a very bitter art filmmaker who's just like I I don't give a shit. And he's like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Hey, I made a movie. Ha 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 ha. And it's sort of like what so, the hell? So if it didn't predate it, I would say that it's the end of Jurassic World 2 or whatever. Uh, which I've never seen. <laughs> right, where yeah. it's like uh yeah, yeah. It basically ends with velociraptors um on a hillside overlooking the suburbs going the dinosaurs are coming for your city. God. And like <laughs> That's basically the end of Rubber also. So so maybe Jurassic World is ripping off Rubber and they didn't even know maybe. it. Maybe. And they mm. hate their audience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's an and that's another funny thing. Uh I'm going to make a a movie that a, an angry movie about the Fast and Furious audience and you want this kind of shit, here you go. Only he doesn't make that kind of shit. It's all, you know, straight up, you know, I don't know. 
bile. And so it isn't enjoyable to anybody who wants some, to be entertained. And it isn't enjoyable to anybody who, who yeah. is, you know, it isn't new for anybody who feels the same way. Yeah. You know, it's just snark for snark's sake and the snarky, I guess. I guess but it's maybe that's why I like it so much. Because I've seen me, it done better. That's yeah. all. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, to me, it's very uh, emblematic of Gen X. I mean, it's just sort of like in your face, just I don't care. Super ironic for the sake of being super ironic, which certainly makes it not ironic. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so very weird. But the fact that it's just, again, so aggressive about its mission statement. And you could have literally just done the first 15, 20 minutes and call it a day. And it would have been a, yeah. a totally, yeah. totally solid short film. The fact that he draws it out for like an hour and 22 minutes and it just never stops eating its own tail. Uh, that just the the reason Chris knows the actual runtime is because you feel every minute mm. of that hour and twenty two yeah. minutes. I mean, it's just <laughs> oh, yeah, man. it's astonishing, and it's so it's just like the only thing that's missing would be like you know a montage with some pop song uh, or anything of that nature. But then yeah, I start looking at it, and there's like all of the scenes where the tires just rolling through the desert, and it's like you know sort of menacing, and then you start going, holy shit. Is this making fun of Quentin Tarantino movies? Is this like his Grindhouse movie? Whatever the fuck one that was with Kurt Russell. I mean, it's got that same vibe, but it's like stripped down to just the bare elements of, okay, weird psychopathic stalker, highway, desert, go. And it's sort of like this weird deconstruction of it. And then you start, to me, it's like I start thinking about, well, then how vacuous is a Quentin Tarantino movie? If he's using the same tropes, he's just gussing up with all of the other elements. Like the... Tarantino is totally a vacuous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it becomes like a very uh, obvious point to filmmakers like that who make their whole bread and butter on being quote-unquote cool. But when you strip down all of the elements, it's like, that's not cool at all, man. That's just fucking dumb. And it's sort of so that's all the stuff that goes on in my head when I'm watching it. This is not a movie for a casual audience. This is a movie for people that watch a lot of dumb movies and have a lot of free time, yeah. which is me. And so, you know, it spirals. There's off. some truism. There's some expression that's like you uh, you judge you are judged by the quality of your enemies or yeah. something like you. And somehow it it seems like this is lesser because he won't get off of, he won't, he won't say more than that. Yeah. Basically, if, if you want to, you know, if you really want to see this movie, uh, don't and see the player because that's (laughs) the same thing, but done well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The other thing, uh, with this one too, is it's got that, that full on hook. Like if you hear a movie is about a homicidal tire that's come to life that's rampaging through the, the desert southwest. I'm, I'm like, I would hear that and go, yes, I am totally in. And that's literally why I watched it, because that was the only tagline that I got. So I just say, what the fuck? I'll watch it. And then it like turns into this. What other tagline can there be? But it, There's nothing else to but it. it doesn't, <laughs> but it doesn't even ex- like go into the whole like meta deal with the audience in the desert and, and all that stuff. And it's like, and so I'm watching it. That's not even honest. Yeah. It's and not about uh, a serial killer tire. I know. It's about uh, a movie. It's about a show and a show. Yeah. You know, and that 
the show happens to be the thinnest excuse for a movie. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's, I don't know. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. They almost spent too much time on the tire. I'd say <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they spent too much time trying, pretending that there was a real movie. Yeah. I think I might've gotten it more if it was. Yeah. But the honest, the honest campaign for this movie, I guess then would be, fuck you. You don't want to see this movie. You're not going to like it. So don't buy a ticket. And that's all it says <laughs> on the poster. Yeah. Just that. And it's true. And it's true. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. It's just sort of like, uh, this is like a film version of maybe Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. It's like when you, by the act of observing something, you're ultimately changing its behavior when it understands that it's being observed. And that's sort of what's going on here. It's like, are we making a movie about a homicidal tire? No, because suddenly there's an audience that's aware of the fact that this is not a movie about that. And then suddenly it's a movie about this, but it's not really that. And it's like you take away the audience and what do you have? A, a tree falling in the forest that makes a sound or not? I mean, it's just, it's like they get so over involved in their thesis that it, it just totally blows itself apart by the end. And it just, I find that endearing somehow. It's like, it's like this is like a, a student thesis where it was like the guy that thinks he's going to be making this huge statement and the rest of the class like this. It's like, eh, whatever, dude, that was the, fucking dumb. The thing that's only interesting to me about that is that, that like he got people to, to help him make it. Yeah. Right? Like he had that script. Well, Brian, and let me put it to you this way. They managed to get not one but two Cannonball Run movies made. So those are not movies that are made for anything other than Burt Reynolds going, hey, guys, you want to just go make okay, another film? They have Burt Reynolds and, <laughs> and cocaine. And like this movie, uh, you know, no, I'm sure they did not. You know, it, it's like Steven Spinella got two Tony boy. Awards in a row. Really? That's the, sh- the sheriff. Yeah. Interesting. He had very like weird for, squinty uh, eyes. Yeah. Two of the three uh, angels in America. Yeah. Oh. That's so weird. Yeah. He's a big deal so Broadway got, guy. He got people to actually do this thing yeah. and like put time in it and go out in the fucking desert yeah. and like well, shoot it and This is ah, I guess man. I guess for me maybe the 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 joy of it is and I don't know if you can relate so much Brian but I know Eric probably can cuz if you've ever uh done any sort of writing class in college where you actually have to present your writing to your peers and then yeah. let them eviscerate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that to me can be one of the most thrillingly fun moments. And I'll tell you why, because when I was in college and I wrote stuff, I took this approach that this guy here, Dupuy took with rubber. I'm like, you're either going to like it or you're not going to like it, but I did not write it for you. And I wrote one short story about my wife and I going down to Cabela's for the first time, which is this giant like hunter uh, camping, whatever thing down in uh, South of Austin. There's a whole chain of them. They sell Mm -hmm. like camping gear and firearms and fishing. Oh yeah. We have them in Arizona. Uh, Well, this particular one has like a whole thing in the middle of the store, which is just this giant mountainous diorama with nothing but like Mm -hmm. stuffed uh, taxidermied dead animals. Yep. And I was astonished. And so I wrote a story about that. And basically the thesis was that I was going into it with what a bunch of dumb hicks. And then what I find was like a murder room. And that was the gist of the story. And I got eviscerated because the class was like, uh, like 85% like younger women 
So I'm like 40 something presenting this and there's like women in their like early 20s and they just did not get it because I was so coming into it going, you know, fuck all these hicks. Look at all this death. I'm like, this is everything that I imagined it would be and less. And I, they just destroyed me. And I sat there in class and took it for 20 minutes with a giant shit eating <laughs> grin on my face because I'm like, when they were done. And you could tell the teacher felt embarrassed for me because she's like, okay, everybody, did anybody have anything like positive to say? And I'm like, no, no. And I literally said, I'm like, I didn't write this for you guys, so I'm glad you hate it. I mean, it's not for you. <laughs> that's the vibe. And that's, I think, why I like rubber so much because it makes no bones about it. Like, if you like this thing, then yeah, thumbs up. You're my peeps. But if you don't like it, I don't care. Go watch Fast and the Furious. <laughs> you know? I think the I name of your biography should be Come At Me, Bro. Because I've seen you do that so many times in so many different ways. We were like making, I was making like short like videos for the ASU comedy troupe in the early 90s. And there was a thing where I got, I was short one guy. And so I asked Chris, can you show up? And he's like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. And so I've got like five or six of these dudes from the comedy troupe who are all like sort of pat themselves on the back. Hilarious, you know, which means not funny Mm -hmm. just you know just so full of shit all these guys and they all know their lines so that's good and then there's chris who they don't know and so and he's got the idiot part and so they all are already naturally looking down on him since he's a stranger and chris would keep popping out those just those line reads that are just hi i'm the weirdo and they just didn't know what to do with him Uh, oh, it's my favorite feature of you is watching you go, I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that's the vibe. It's like, you're either, you're either doing it for the audience or you're doing it for yourself, a.k.a. your art. And so that's the fun thing about art is you're either in it or you're not. It's like your audience finds you, you don't find the audience. And so that yeah. to me is the ultimate thing about rubber. And I love the fact that it, it got made people have seen it and it's very divisive because most people are going to look at it and be like oh screw this noise it's so like you said Eric, it's like it's got its head so far up its ass that it's just unwatchable but for me that's like totally the opposite because that's the point of the movie i don't know how to explain it so so if you are one of the handful of people who listen to this podcast regularly yeah, we're we're kind of making this podcast for ourselves. We're not really considering the Obviously. audience because we don't know who you are and there's not very many of you. But wouldn't it be nice if there were more? What if you spread the podcast on your social media feeds? What if you rated it on iTunes? <laughs> Should I keep going? I mean, I don't We'll give, give you free shit. turkey. <laughs> I mean, this is what I say at the end of the podcast, so I'm going to keep going. Yeah, we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. You can reach out to us on social media, on Twitter. We're at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com and find all that junk at MagHuge.com. Check it out. Next week, maybe we'll do something you care about. Maybe we won't. We don't care what you think. 